cult cinema catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy Buckingham and Andrew Farmer. To Yui Bowl. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. I, Let's I... do it. <laughs> It kind of figures with everything I've thrown at you that you would have me watch not one but two Yui Bowl movies in the process of the show here. You love it. Do not <laughs> sit there and tell me that you don't love watching a Yui Bowl movie. You can oh, you're twisted my arm. I got to do it for the show. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to Colts and Catacombs, month two of, uh, Clint, of the Clint Howard Fest. Uh, this is uh, Andy's choice here, and we are okay. doing the uh, 2000. What year did this come out? 2003. Yeah, 2003. Yeah. House of the Dead by Yui Bull. The only, I guess this would be the only video game adaptation movie ever made where the special effects consisted of screenshots from the movie. Yeah, I mean was, from the from the video like, game. Yeah, there was like actual like not even just screenshots, but actual like gameplay. <laughs> In the movie, it is bonkers. This movie, when I was, because if, if you go back and listen to the last one, the movie I wanted to do was not, we could not do the movie. We couldn't find it. Um, so I kept going and looking, and I was like, oh, yeah. It's like Silish in House of, Clint Howard played Silish in House of the Dead. <laughs> Oh yeah, we can watch House of the Dead. <laughs> I know Roy loves Yui Ball movies. And I'm sure Clint Howard is looking at this right now going, Oh, you chose that one, okay. Yeah, I hope he is. <laughs> I hope I truly do, because there's a qua- there's a, there's a class of movie that is overlooked in our society. We focus on um like the New York Ninjas and the Evil Speaks and the you know Twice Deads and Sleepaway Camps and stuff like that. And then there's like the really good movies, like like actually like legitimately like good movies. I think that those two categories, those two columns, kind of in my mind are equal standing. Like I equally watch evil speak again against like parasite if you said you got your choice of these two movies it would be a tough choice there's a third vector for movies which is movies like house of the dead <laughs> which are unsung heroes of 90 minutes to burn you're in a hotel you got you, you got an episode of forged in fire on the history channel you've already watched and tbs is showing house of the dead <laughs> <laughs> you watch that movie. You watch that movie. And that's what this is. Like, it is fun. It is fun. I, I I love these movies. I love that Clint Howard is in this one and I forgot. And I'm glad that we're getting to do it. And also Will Sanderson. <laughs> My hero. My hero. <laughs> My hero, Will Sanderson. You might remember Will Sanderson from... Um, our show on uh, Dungeon Siege. The name of the king. In the name of the king, which, by the way, killed his career. He hadn't done anything since 2007 until 2019, where he was just a restaurant patron. He was <laughs> a star. 
he was a star, and he just quit after the name of the king. Well, wouldn't got, you? I mean, I think he got <laughs> cuffed so bad by Smokey and the Bandit that he didn't have a choice but to just quit acting. I think that that's what happened. I think that uh, John Reese Davies cuffed him so bad that he had to stop acting. But he has been in so many amazingly bad movies. He deserves an award. Like, <laughs> you got to give Will Sanderson an award. Um, he was in Wolf Lake, which is a TV series about werewolves. Um, he was in The Mangler 2. Well, that's saying a lot. He wasn't even in the first Mangler. He was in the Mangler Two, yeah, which yeah. which is like which is like basically a whisper kiss the Stephen King short uh, <laughs> that the Mangler was originally. It's the Lacroix. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm surprised we haven't done on here yet is the Mangler. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of movies we got left to watch. This is this is our Sisyphean task, our lodestone. <laughs> Until we can find somebody that's willing to take this from us, whether by trickery or by choice, we have to continue to do it. That's that's the deal we made with the devil when we decided to do this show. I have to um, have Mr. Mixpatolt say his name backwards, and then um, the curse will be broken at that point. What do you remember about this movie? About uh, which one? This one? Yeah, about, about House of the Dead. See, I've not. This is my first time seeing it, actually. What? That's holy shit. Okay. The only, the the I mean, prior to in the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale. The only Yui Bowl movie I ever watched on purpose was the first Blood Rain movie, uh, because I was just curious to see how they were going to adapt it into a film. And well, I certainly got my answer. Um, I feel feel like we're playing Texas Hold'em and you just dealt me a full house. And I'm just waiting (laughs) to go all in on you and Bull movies now. (laughs) Oh, baby. Oh, Alone in the Dark's coming for you. Oh, God. Son of a bitch. It's going to happen. And what kills me is that these actually got theatrical releases, too. Yeah, I saw this in a theater. It's like I remember seeing the poster for House of the Dead and and also Alone in the Dark. And, and I saw uh, Alone in the Dark in the theater. I saw House of the Dead in the theater. I think I saw Blood Rain in the theater. I definitely saw Dungeon Siege in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I love you and Bowl movies. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, 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 yeah. The only when I saw Blood Rain, it was on the Sci-Fi Channel. Is when I saw Blood Rain. Oh, well, you, did you get to see the movies? No, because it was the Sci-Fi oh. Channel. So oh. no, it, no. The, just gratuitous channels not going to show movies. movies. Are you kidding? I mean, I don't know what they do on the Sci-Fi Channel now. <laughs> I don't know what these kids do, but yeah, like just gratuitous movies for no reason. House of the Dead has it too. You know, you know, I love exploitative movies, so this movie has them. <laughs> I'm there for it. That's Video it. We're game. getting you a T-shirt with our show's logo on it. And on the back, it's going to have you quoted, you know I love exploitation boobies. Just put it on there. <laughs> put it on there. <laughs> exploitation boobies 2022 tour. <laughs> oh, my God. That's <laughs> the quote of the episode right Listen, there. Listen, I... There are things about, like, these type of movies that, that are made to be there. I, it's, there's nothing there's nothing sexual about exploitative movies that I enjoy. 
it's just and I keep in mind I came up with like weird horror and sci-fi from the 80s like that's what I grew up on like family that's I went to my parents house for what what was it it was right before Christmas so it might have been Christmas Eve and my dad was watching like uh, Tokyo Gore Police Jesus (laughs) yeah yeah like that's what I came that's the shit I came up on so there's something about just like half naked women, half naked ladies running around in the woods with a guy with a hatchet chasing them. That just feels like home to me. <laughs> so anytime we can get that, I'm I'm there for it. Exploitative boobies, I'm here for it. On the back of a shirt, embroider it on a suit jacket, and I'll wear it. <laughs> but this on movie... a suit jacket, so that way you can cosplay as Rat Tail. Oh. Or... Where, you think, you think I need that to cosplay as Rat Tail? But, that's, but, me, that's me going to Costco, but, my friend. That's just short of the Rat Tail, which I can get a Rat Tail. I that's just what I that's just what I wear. Um, by the no, way, so, uh, Courtney. By the way, Courtney and um, uh, Courtney told me that she really hopes to see you. Um, at uh, AllCon cosplaying as Rat Tail one day. Oh, no, it'll happen. <laughs> I, think, I think, and I'm not kidding, this is, I'm being dead serious with you. I think we can get Rat Tail at AllCon. <laughs> is he still alive? <laughs> I maybe, if he is, if he is, I think we could get him to show up. I have an inside track. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I need some digging. I can make it happen. Todd, if you're listening to this show, and I know you aren't, I'm going to talk to you about Rat Tail. <laughs> no, this movie has the, the exploitative boobies. It has the B cast of, like, everybody in the it, it, during the early 2000s who looked like somebody else. You know? Like, eh, they look familiar. Um, it has video game cut sequences just in it. Um, it has pretty bad makeup effects. <laughs> like it's it's it is the Uable fighting a kangaroo. Um, just everything about it is is just awful and amazing. And I really honestly believe that you're going to like it. Like, well, I I, re, I remember when I saw the poster for it, and you know, it's it's the it's the guy with the tongue. Uh, yes. I, I remember a friend of mine looked at the poster and said, "Oh, so that's the male version of the Rage Carry too." <laughs> it is. No, it is. That's a that's a really good way to put this. This is the <laughs> this is the masculine version of the Rage. Of Rage Carry too, which I saw that on the Sci-Fi Channel. See, now I went to go to the theater to see that piece of shit. So I, that, 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 I, have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that, uh, in a very rare move for us, that we're going to be talking about the new Firestarter movie on this show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if Zac Efron is now old enough to play dad roles, then yeah, there you go. So. What was the name? It wasn't Harry Hamlin. Who was the dad in the original? 
Oh God, who was the dad in the original? Now fight? I gotta look it up. I know this has nothing to do with. <laughs> We're just off on one. Also, the dad. Um, let's look it up. Uh, the original Firestarter, uh, Father David Keith. David Keith, that's right, that's right. Not Keith David. No, David Keith. <laughs> we we're gonna have to do a, a double feature one day with David Keith, um, a David Keith movie and a Keith David movie. <laughs> so Firestarter and They Live. There you go. They Firestarter and They Live is a that's a great that's a damn that's a good double feature. <laughs> That is, I can't, I, I, we are not knowing Firestarter, but the cast of Firestarter is insane. If you haven't looked at the cast the recently of Firestarter. God, the original cast of Firestarter, like, literally, like, when, like for a Stephen King movie, just, like, tons of A-listers in that thing. I was just like, the hell? I mean, I look at it today, and I'm like, everyone who is in this movie He's was so definitely known for something at this point. We had, you know, you had Oscar winner George C. fucking Scott. <laughs> you had Art Carney. Yeah, Art Smoothie. Carney. You had Academy Award winner Louise Fletcher. Yep. Got Martin Sheen. I, Heather Locklear. Freddie Jones. Heather Locklear. You know, this I, this was not Drew Barrymore's first movie. Her Ooh. first movie that was any renowned is E. Friggin' T. <laughs> And she got this role because of E.T. Yeah. So. This is now a uh, Firestarter cast. Uh, we'll be watching House of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got Dick Warlock in it. Yes. I love Dick Warlock. God bless you, Dick. I mean, I mean, prior to, you know, um, Firestarter, the biggest thing that... Um, that uh, David Keith was involved with, I guess you could say, was take this job and shove it. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, this, was, this was David Keith's big break. Yeah, it was. It was his big break movie. Oh, man. Are, are, do you want to watch this movie? Not Firestarter. Obviously, you <laughs> want to watch Firestarter. I was going to say, I own Firestarter. I'll watch that any day. I mean, <laughs> I remember, I mean, as a kid, I loved it because it was exciting. I watch it now because it's campy as fuck. Yeah. But, it is real campy, but are you? Did have you what? Did you ever watch the trailer for House of the Dead? I've never watched the trailer, but I've actually seen a clip from the movie that utilizes the video game sequences, and I remember laughing my ass off because I could not believe Pull that they the trailer breaked away from the action let's, to let's, show us the video game scenes. I just want you to watch the trailer. You don't have to watch it on the show, but. The trailer gives you a real good overarching idea of what you're getting into with a bunch of uh, a bunch of teenagers who go to a rave on an island and take a bunch of X. Oh, God. Yeah. And they found they find the House of the Dead high as balls. And they think what they're seeing is like uh, like hallucinations and shit until they figure out it's not like it's one of those movies. Oh, my God. Like shrooms. <laughs> which is another great movie <laughs> do you want to do you want to go ahead and watch it what uh, the what the trailer or the movie? the movie you watch the trailer after after we get off the after oh we, yeah we, we, yeah we, yeah we can go ahead let's dive on into this thing and and go ahead and um oh i want to say that the, this, is, 
this will be I just bought a, a house. This will be the first movie I watch. So I'm going to need all the sage, a young priest and an old priest, some sort of exorcist, you know, or poltergeist level like cleansing. Uh, I need George <laughs> C. Scott to come in. I need George I need, C. Scott is a Native American to come in and yeah, I need a uh, coach. What was coach's name? Coach's person name, um, or the the dad from Poltergeist. To oh, come in. Uh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name. I always, I always want to say Charles Nelson Riley, but that's no, definitely I, no. Craig T. Nelson. Thank you. See, see, I I was close. Yeah, Charles Nelson Riley, Craig T. Nelson. That's close. Do you know what I first? <laughs> I'm on a lot of painkillers right now. Do you know when I first watched uh, Poltergeist? I watched it with my cousins and. Um, they had me convinced that the chicken was real, and I refused to eat chicken for like five years. <laughs> yeah, and clowns is still, if you know me, clowns is still a thing. That's that's still a thing for me, and that's all poltergeist. All right, let's watch a movie now. <laughs> On that note, let's watch Yui Bowls. <laughs> Seminal. House. Academy Award winning. <laughs> his, his masterpiece. His... <laughs> His magnum opus. Actually, no, the four hours of dungeon siege that we watched. Was I, was, I was about ready to say. I would say. I would say. In the name of the king was probably his magnum opus. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's watch this thing. All right, we'll be right back, folks. It was a nightmare. It all started a few days ago. Where do you hide? When they're everywhere, everywhere. What do you do when there's no way out? How do you kill what's already dead? Any way you can. Like I said, it all started a few days ago. Doesn't this bother any of you? We're on the island where the party of the year is supposed to be happening, but it's completely deserted. Well, they sure as hell did not go to 7-Eleven to get more booze. Can't hear anything. Neither do I. Run! Run! There must be some kind of scientific explanation for this. It's not human. It's like it's been mutated. So, what now? We send them back to hell. Is that you, Matt? Now, the only way to make it back alive is to send them all back to the House of the Dead. I've been waiting for you for a long time. Certainly a movie experience. I want to hear you say it. (laughs) That I can't, can't believe I'm saying. I actually had fun watching it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
here, here's the thing. The movie, honestly, it, it didn't get there uh, for a while because I'm sitting there and I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. But, but then it got to a moment, and we'll get we'll talk about the moment later. <laughs> the, the minute it got to that moment, that sold the film for me. At that point, I was like, okay, now I see why this one has a cult following. Okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The the first act of this film is dead. <laughs> it's just dead on the ground. The second act of this film, at least we get a weird flashback. To the sassiest uh, horror villain. <laughs> Just sassy sword fighting horror villain. And then um, and then the third act blows the doors off of just about anything you've seen. Yeah. Here's, here's what I – the one thing, though, I still don't get about the movie is okay. – so the film <laughs> – apparently they just didn't have the correct software to use for like screen wipes or anything like that because Lucas still had his hands on them. So it, for transition scenes, they use screenshots from the video game. I think they thought it was going to be cool. <laughs> what kills me though, is the, is the use of the video game footage, especially during the big moment in the film made absolutely no sense. No, none. Because this film is supposed to be a prequel to the video game. I found yeah, it makes out. makes no sense. And so, yeah, so these are the events that lead, lead up to the, the game from Sega, which, by the way, you could tell Sega paid some money for this movie because oh. they got a big-ass banner in the first oh, on the, on the, five the, minutes. The, the Island Rave banner. <laughs> the, the Island Rave, sponsored by Sega. And because apparently we all know that Sega. <laughs> We all know that Sega would sponsor an illegal rave on an island. Sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so this movie follows, much like movies of its time period, a group of what we're supposed to believe are teenagers mm-hmm. um, who are actually like 40 years old um, going to a, a secret rave on an island. And um, one of them is Filthy Rich. One of them is filthy rich. They miss their boat to go to the rave. So they're delayed getting to the island. Um, and they do a really good job of like uh, Ocean's Elevening, this group, where they're like explaining everyone, like, oh, he's pretty, but he's dumb. He's the number one underwear model. It's just really dropping things like uh, dropping um, foreshadowing hints like anvils. Mm hmm. She's and then great. The, She's great in her fencing classes. <laughs> and then there's the hoe. And then there's the hoe. Yeah. Um, but they they get to the island late by chartering a boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is that is captained by oh what's the guy's name I can uh Jurgen Panchow he who is a Yui Bowl just staple in his movies and um also uh staffed by one Clint Howard <laughs> Got dressed up as the Gordon's fisherman oh yeah he's he's definitely dressed up as the Gordon's fisherman as Salish which is an inspired name. Salish is a great name. Clint Howard's character in this movie is fantastic because he really walks the line between menacing and just like 
uh, gotta knock on your neighbor's doors and tell him that you moved to the neighborhood. Well, when he first appears, I mean, he's got a hook for a hand, and I'm like, oh, so we know what you did last summer. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and then it's revealed that, you know, it's not a hook hand. He's just using that to do what he's doing on the ship, which that that made me laugh. I'll admit that made me laugh. So by the time they get out to the island, that they've had to pay a, an absorbent amount of money to book this boat, break the law, because <laughs> the cops want to do a routine inspection. And um, by the way, I love that her her name, the cop's name was Casper. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you know, uh, Kirk, Captain Kirk. By the way, there's some great Star Trek lines in this. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, like he even threatens him. It's like if, if I have to hear one more Captain Kirk pun. But they get out to the island late uh, in defiance of the cops and probably logic. <clears throat> and um, one of their friends is already there, a guy by the name of Rudy. Mm-hmm. Rudy gets to the island on time and is going to meet them there. And by the time they get there, everything's abandoned. This, But we also get like flashbacks to what was going on on the island mm-hmm. which was just titties everywhere <laughs> this movie did not shy away from from some frontal nudity yeah, it was just titties booze and music from the prodigy yeah yeah well or or someone who's trying to be the prodigy it was the prodigy it was a t <laughs> in there <laughs> but um, all hell had broken loose on the island um, nobody was there when they got to the island. So the island is pretty much abandoned. They don't know where anybody is. Mm-hmm. Um, they are wandering through. I think they get attacked at one point. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The couple who decide to have sex. Sure. At, at the, at the, uh, the Casbah, I think it was. Yeah. Whatever that was where the sheik was staying. <laughs> um, yeah, because he's about ready to, you know, to. Oh, have... that was a great scene. Yes, I meant to, to bring that up. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, he was he was about ready to, you know, stick it in basically, and he's like, "Damn it, I have to piss." Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a 44 year old man. I've never seconds before engaging in coitus been like, "Oop, I forgot, I gotta pee." <laughs> It's like all of a sudden the bladder was like, uh, 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 you got to empty me out first. So he runs off to the woods to pee and gets attacked. That's mm-hmm. right. And then she gets attacked. In, waiting while she's in waiting on him. Right. And um, now I remember when, 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 when they got to the, the titular house. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I've played this game so many times in the arcade. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't the house bigger? Yes. Oh, yeah, by far. <laughs> because they, they get to this house. When they get to the house, I'm expecting, you know, the, the, this giant, you know, mansion-looking house like we got in the video game. And they get to the house, and it's Snow White in the Seven Dwarfs Cottage. Yeah, but the thing is, when they get inside, it has, like, 150 rooms. <laughs> it's the TARDIS all of a it sudden. It really is. <laughs> I'm like, wait, where is this room coming from? They, they go through so many rooms in this house that looks from the outside like a one-room cabin. The catacombs <laughs> had catacombs in this house. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. So, yeah, 
I guess, I guess we have to, you know, call up the production designer Tink in order for us to find <laughs> out what was going Tink on there. understood the assignment. That's all I'm going to say. Tink, Tink got it, but Tink wasn't allowed to get it until Act 3. Tink was like, "We this is what we need to do. And, and the studio note said, no, we got to build this up. Tink wanted three acts of that shit. He wanted to just go for it from the beginning. They wouldn't let Tink do it. I stand with Tink. Um, yeah, I remember when I was watching the movie, I had to stop it. And we had like a full like five, six minute discussion about Tink. Tink. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, this guy's name is Tink? Tink is the Mick G of Tinks. All right. <laughs> I'm frankly shocked that, that Mick G wasn't involved in this film. Somewhere. <laughs> really? It probably didn't have enough money for McG. I mean, I mean. So they're so they're getting attacked, kind of like one by one, nothing serious, and they find the house, mm-hmm. and then they leave the house because they find uh, Rudy and Liberty, who is one of the Sega dancers, um, that just is folded into the group for some unknown reason. I um, by the way, Liberty was cracking me up because here we have this woman who's dressed in a one piece red, white, and blue flag outfit, looking like a character from Dance Dance Revolution. Oh yeah. And her name is Liberty, and I'm like, of course her name is Liberty. <laughs> and they start getting attacked uh, more, and they start getting attacked more and more. Uh, and these like undead things keep coming out of the woods and attacking them. Mm-hmm. And they run into Rudy and, and Liberty and they're like, well, how did you guys get here? Like, well, we took the boat. We have a boat. It's it's the boats out here. So then they run out, they, they, they go back to the beach to get to the boat and they reconnoiter with uh, Captain Kirk and Salish at the boat. And in the meantime, there's undead things trying to climb on the boat. Mm-hmm. Captain Kirk's just out there with like a sawed off shotgun. <laughs> Oh, he no. He, he had like a he had like an M14 with a laser scope. Yeah, on it. with a, with not just not a red laser scope, but a yellow chartreuse laser scope. I was like, ooh, you think you're fancy? Just, yeah. just popping just popping caps and zombies. <laughs> like like it's like it's an everyday thing for him. It's like this is what Captain Kirk does all the time. He he he's, he smuggles guns and Cuban cigars and kills zombies. And in the meantime, the police are after Captain Kirk because he blew the inspection. Mm-hmm. Um, so they show up. Casper, the unfriendly ghost. Yeah, Casper shows up, um, and people are people are starting to die. Uh, the people are starting to get bit. Things are starting to happen. Isn't this when, um, or is it in the house when the underwear model gets uh, acid spit on his face? Uh, it is in the house when he gets the ass. No, it's outside when he gets the ass. It's before they get back to the house and the shit. Yeah, it's bad. before all hell breaks loose. Yeah, because they, they it, it's one of the zombies that came out of the water and he bends over like, I think he's oh, dead. So and then I don't know it coughs they, up the acid and then burns his face. And he's where like, are they supposed to be? Because they come out of the woods into what I can only assume, what I can only uh Describe as Swamp Thing's summer home. <laughs> yes, the the obvious like set where they just built this rickety bridge, poured some water, and then threw a couple of cubes of dry ice into the water and said, "There, yeah. there's our swamp." 
it was it was like a Paramount Parks set piece. <laughs> like in the middle of this thing. And th- then water zombies started coming out. Mm-hmm. They're shooting the water zombies. Um, and he gets acid. That's when he gets at, underwear model gets acid spit in his face. And it scars him up real good. And he has to wear a bandage on his face. Um, and then they're like, we need to find shelter. There are too many of these things. They're coming out fast and furious. By this point, Salish had gotten killed, right? Yeah, he was actually... Um... Was he the first victim we saw, or was it the couple, the anonymous couple trying to have sex on the beach? I want to say he was the first, because when they got off to go to the rave, he got the crates off and was walking up into the woods. That's true, yeah, because when we got to that anonymous couple having sex on the beach, she's in the water and everything starts bubbling around her, and she's, instead of trying to get out of the water as it's bubbling, she's acting like, oh, the, the fish fart? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and the old Puka Shell boyfriend's like, nah, girl, you can go swimming. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and enjoy my buds. <laughs> oh, God. So by this point, Salish is down. Like two or three members of their team are down or their group are down. And one of them has the idea of going back to the house because they found that house. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we need to go back to the house because that's cover, that's shelter. Which is a horrible idea. Yeah. It, it It's a horrible idea. Um, <coughs> so they go back to the house, which, by the way, is surrounded by a graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, well, if we're going to go back to the house, we need more, more weapons. In the meantime, and I, I commented on this, Rudy, <laughs> our, our titular hero that has been there the whole time, Shows up at the beginning. As soon as you see him, he's wearing like leather work gloves mm-hmm. to a rave. What is going on? Where did you find leather work gloves? But he's got a hatchet. He's been running around with a hatchet for the last hour. Um, and uh, at that point, they throw down the box that they had been carrying, which was the crate that. Uh, that uh captain kirk had been carrying around and by it's casper captain kirk i think will sanderson god love him i think he was still there at this point i love you know i love will sanderson um Mm -hmm. and they opens the crate and there's a bunch of cuban cigars like oh you've been smuggling cuban cigars again he's like yeah and then he lifts the bottom and it's like 18 machine guns Everybody loads for bear, and they head in to try to get into this house. Roy, I'm going to let you take over at this point because you had never seen this before. I had. Yeah. So they get to the house, which of course is surrounded by How a graveyard. How did you feel up to this point in the film? I want to ask that question. Yeah. Right? I was yeah. meh. Yeah. This. I was still meh. I was just like, yeah, I'm having the same reaction to this like I did to In the Name of the King. Meh. And. Then the bullets started flying as the prodigy music <laughs> began again. And we had this giant, I timed it, eight minute and 40 second, <laughs> 47 second orgy of bullets video game cutaways of the zombies being killed in the video game 
zombies blowing apart and the most use of 360 degree <laughs> angle close-up shots I've ever seen in my entire life. And then the, that wasn't enough. Then we have bullet time coming out of nowhere. It was literally every effect they could throw into eight minutes and 42 seconds. Just, oh my God, it's wonderful. The part during this whole entire or- orgy that's going on is, is every single person gets their own 360 degree shot. Right. A- everyone gets their own. Their their hero stance, basically. Like they're at some fucking Oscars red carpet ceremony or something. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, then then I can't remember who it is that gets the, the, the bullet time where they jump up in the air and they shoot the slug that suddenly dissipates into 18 mini slugs. I think that was Underwear Boy. Okay, and that, that penetrates into the zombie's body. And it's like the the most obvious use of bullet time i've ever seen in my entire life i and it just it just was one of those scenes where you're going okay is this eventually going to end i guess not it just it just keeps going and going and going and then when it finally does end with them getting into the house it doesn't end because it's like okay yeah we're done with onslaught of what the fuckery And if then if that was not enough, then here comes the next barrage of what the fuckery. It's it is the rest of the movie. It, it's just, the rest of the movie is just it trying to outtop itself with what the fuckery. Yeah, it's great. It is the most over the top, insane um, display of gratuitous special effects and violence that I've ever seen in my entire life. It was pornographic. It it, it got so pornographic. It really did. My question for you is where did everybody learn to fight and shoot guns? (laughs) As far as we know, there were two people there that should have been able to fight. Mm -hmm. There was the captain Kirk and the cop. And those are the only two people that should have been able to do anything. There are people doing flying backflips and well, kicking zombies' heads off. You know, in, in Yui Bull's mind, I mean, Liberty, she's Asian. Of course she's going to know some sort of martial arts well, because she she's Asian. She was pulling some Trinity Matrix shit, like floating <laughs> in the air. God, it was good. God, it is it – is, it is, there is a scene where um, – there's a there's a scene where the two the, I forget the two that are running at each other, but one of them had to be I think Rudy because he throws an axe past somebody and it hits a zombie behind him. Mm-hmm. But like the the way that they dodged it was like they just tilted in the air. God, so many tombstones get broken. Oh God, it's and, just and, and then let's not forget that in this world the zombies know how to use axes also. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> the zombies were attacking with the axes too, and I'm just like, oh, upgrade. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. Then they get into the house. You're right. They get into the house, and it just doesn't stop. Mm-mm. There is a there is a five minute reprieve where underwear model uh, kisses Karma because mm-hmm. she doesn't care that he's scarred because because he's still beautiful on the inside. Casper <laughs> mm-hmm. Casper dies because she had her legs hacked off by a zombie by an axe 
And I'm like, oh, so this zombie is just not content with biting into the person. <laughs> he wants to hack into the legs and then cook it up on a spit. Right, this is personal for this zombie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like she falls into the house with two stumps where her legs used to yeah, be. Yeah, they drag her into the house with two stumps. <laughs> and she's like bleeding all over the place. And he's like looking at her going, look at me, look at me concentrate on me i'm like she's bleeding out all over the place and she's going to die in a moment just let her die don't tell her to look at you let her die this is the point when salish comes back and kurt goes out into the sea of zombies to kill him i love the fact that zombie salish knew the song that he liked to sing when he was on the boat working i was just like that's that's great memory that he has there um and then that's what made him go out there was because he heard Salish humming yeah. the song, like a like a siren call. And he's like, I can't let him live like that. I can't let him be like this. I got to put him down. And then he himself gets bitten. And, you know, they drag they in, in, instead of. You basically having mercy and killing him, they drag him in the house to see maybe we can cure him. In our in our magic book that just happens to have an explanation of everything that's fucking going on here. <laughs> and, Is that after they found the, the evil guy's workshop? Uh, no, they found the evil guy's workshop a- after they found the book. Okay, because okay. First they find the book, which explains the rest of the story that we didn't get from <laughs> oh, that, the flashback. Yes. Yeah, the flashback to the Spanish conquistador who finds that... Um, who figures out the death does it that you could defeat death hmm. with and so ancient, um, with ancient biology by the way yes yes so good. with ancient biology and ancient technologies and 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 apparently uh back then cloning and um everything it, it existed back then because he's harvesting body parts and cloning new bodies with them right because well i mean he never not? needed to upgrade either no. He's been on this island for hundreds of years and hasn't bothered to upgrade his his equipment. <laughs> hey, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I you guess know? you're right. I guess if you're going to use your brass and sea glass microscope, <laughs> just keep keep on keeping on, weird guy. I love how the fact that, you know, that, that it still worked like with like pristine perfection when oh, they sure. were looking into it. Um, and I also love, you know, that he basically looked like the love child of pinhead and bride of chucky chucky <laughs> yeah yeah he did for sure but then it's like when they do get into the lab after, after they discover all of the uh the the, the the plot point basically which is the barrels of gunpowder oh yes uh, yes and they get into the lab and they see all these dead bodies laying in the lab and they're like oh they're not alive Oh, here the here's a here's a little cameo from the weird fish with the fangs and the weird eyes from the video game inside inside this glowing tub. So there's that for the video game fans. And then another zombie attack happens in the area with all the um because they come busting in um and um um Kirk of course sacrifices himself in order for them to be safe. But then they come busting in into the room with the 
gunpowder. Gunpowder, yeah. And so model underwear model boy sacrifices himself because he's so scarred. And right, he's broken <laughs> now. He can't live. So they board themselves up and he, you know, blows the room up. And then that's when we discover that the zombies inside the lab are alive after all. And then <laughs> nonstop, man. It, and then in order to escape that, they find an entrance to below the house. <laughs> they were already below the house. They made another <laughs> entrance below the house. That's why I said the catacomb had a catacomb. Yeah. And so, so they go into that catacomb. And then the moss and, men come breaking out of the walls. At yes. Them. Yes. Here, here comes the moss men and they're fighting them off. And then they get to the true lab. Right. Where he is, you know, about ready to harvest the body parts. And then another battle ensues in there. Um, and well, which which carries off into the outside during broad daylight. Well, my thing about that is right. So so they find this thing in the moss. The moss men start breaking out of the walls and attacking them as they're getting as soon as they go out of this giant mine entrance mm-hmm. on this island. They're on the Scottish moors. Where are they? <laughs> And at that point, the early foreshadowing about um, Alicia and her ability to uh, fence comes into play. Because mm-hmm. she's got this hand and a half freaking claymore that she's just whipping around like uh, <laughs> a twig she picked up off the ground to sword fight uh, Castillo, the bad guy, who can't die. Is that right? Like... Yeah. Well, it's like he, like he said, I can't die. I can't die. And I'm like, oh, I, what was funny because, is because he makes the comment of, I can't die. I'm like, yeah, Highlanders say that, too. And sure enough, yeah, we have a Highlander moment in this movie. Where like, uh, he throws the sword and she catches it and cuts his head off. Mm-hmm. And then he steps on the end. And then, you know, he's running around like a chicken without a head. So he steps on the head and it kills Castillo. Yeah. And about that time, the what did the FBI shows up, wasn't it? The FBI shows up because they're like, we, we, we heard some concern. And, <laughs> and, and and so, you know, he he picks up fencing girl who's been stabbed in the heart, by the way. I love how the outfit that she's wearing strategically highlights the wound in between her tits. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. It was literally like looking into the eye of Sauron at that point, the way that they strategically placed it. You just can't look away. It's, it's like it's right there. So it's it's like Yui Bowles' way of saying, I want you to look at her tits without having to purposely look at her tits, but you're going to look at her tits anyway. Right. And then they get on the helicopter on the way from away from the island, and he's giving some dumb narrative about, is this going to be the end? I don't know. And I'm like, no, it's not the end, because here comes the video game. So... <laughs> Oh, God, I love this movie so much. I'm so glad that you stuck with it until Act 3 so you could see the insane. I'm telling you, that that nine minutes might be the most insane thing I've ever seen in a theatrical release of a movie. <laughs> I can only imagine what it was like seeing this in the theater. With, with it was the, Did you see it in the theater? I believe I did. If I remember that- correctly, I did, yes. Because I was because if you did, I want to ask: Was there an audience for this thing? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, oh, for sure there was. It was. 
this is a point in time in, in history when we all had we all still had high hopes for video game movies. <laughs> you know, we thought that Blood Rain was good. <laughs> oh yeah, at that point when she started showing off her fencing, when she started said it, showing off her fencing skills, I texted you, "Is this Blood Rain?" <laughs> is this Blood Rain? <laughs> You know, we that's I mean, that's yeah, oh, there was 100 percent an audience for this. I mean, it wasn't sold out or anything like that, but definitely people went and saw it. Wow. Just wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like wow is right. Just wow. Well, and they also, if I remember right, in the trailers and things like that, they really touted those special effects. Because this was hot on the heels of The Matrix. I'll say hot. I'm not gonna, hot on the heels might be strong, but it was within a couple of years. I was gonna say it's probably hot off of the tail of the second Matrix movie because because uh, the Matrix came out in 1999 and this came out in 2003, so probably Matrix Reloaded. Um, it, it, well, it, Bullet Time was in everything at this point. I mean, it was it was in the Charlie's Angels movie. It was in freaking scary movie for crying out loud. Yeah. So, but, I mean, they touted the special effects, the ad campaign in all of, like, the um, the gaming magazines mm-hmm. and, and all were all over the place. You know, it was it was going to be the, the movie. And, of course, it was not that. But definitely there was an audience that went and saw this thing. Yeah, I remember the ad campaign. I mean, the, the, the posters. I mean, like, the big tagline was, you're not going to survive the night. And... Yeah, they pumped that trailer before every movie they could back then. So TV, uh, in the movie theaters, online, because this was early on with uh, internet um, advertising for things too. I mean, they so, didn't do that for Alone in the Dark and Postal, but they <laughs> sure as hell did it for this movie. Well, this was the one, you know, in the name of the king was the was the one that they thought was going to be the movie, the one where he got the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the one that everybody thought was going to break wide open the video game movie market. That we were finally going to get a quality video game movie. Little did we know <laughs> that it was never going to happen. No. Yeah, I was going to say, spoiler alert, um, it didn't happen. I don't know if it's happened yet, Roy. I understand uh... Halo's pretty good, but, you know, it's... I, I would have to give it to Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I, oh, I, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sonic, no, Sonic, no, accurate. Yeah. yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. The Sonic the Hedgehog movies are good, and it's not just because of Jim Carrey. I mean, they're actually good films. So I, I would, I would have to well, say that Sonic probably. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to say that 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 those ones definitely broke the curse. Yeah, but like anytime you got a a movie based on a video game that was like, you know, I mean, Super Mario Brothers existed before this. <laughs> so like we had high hopes like it was one of those where everyone we went to was like yeah this is gonna be the one here it comes this is the one that's gonna do it finally gonna get recognized uh, no never never is never gonna happen but you did get a solid eight minutes of real insanity in this film <laughs> yeah she like, did like an un, unfathomable like i can't nothing that we can say We'll set up that eight minutes. We can't do it. There's nothing you can say that would prepare people for what that is. 
No, because it's just so bonkers and so over the top. I think that's where the majority of the budget went was for that eight-minute scene. Oh, it it had to have, because it certainly wasn't in casting. (laughs) I mean, you had no one in this film. Clint Howard was the biggest name in this film. (laughs) It's true. Like, who did you have at that point that was a big name? No one. No one. So would you would you recommend this film? Yes. Yes, yeah. I would. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. I would recommend this one. Um, it, it, for me to actually recommend a Yui Bowl movie, you know I had to enjoy it. So, yeah, I definitely do recommend House of the uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Yes, I highly recommend House of the Dead. Yes. I love the fact that you wrote me and were like, shit. <laughs> I have to now say that I like a Yui Bowl movie. And I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> Yeah, you do. Are you ready? Um, are you ready to make a choice as to our last film for oh, my choices? Uh, am I? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess I'm ready. So I'm going to do this like MASH. Remember MASH? Okay. Remember a cootie yeah. catcher? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> All right. So my first question to you is, do you want to do retro or modern? Let's go retro. You want to go retro. Okay, mm-hmm. do you want to go uh, sci-fi or horror? Now, keep in mind, you're already doing horror. So let's go sci-fi. Yeah, okay. All right, well, that narrows it down just far enough. Okay. So this movie that we're going to watch, we're go- it's going to be available on YouTube. Okay. Okay, it's from 1995. Okay. It stars Adam Baldwin. Oh, God. Paul Gleason. Don Swayze. Okay. Of course, Clint Howard. Mm hmm. As a character named Dawkins. <laughs> okay. This movie I have seen, and it goes by the name of Digital Man. <laughs> Digital Man. Digital Man. I am not familiar with this one. So basically, it's um, a robot that gets buck wild in a, in like a, ta- a small town. And then it has a thing aspect to it where um, they send in a bunch of like soldiers to fight the robot and then all then they then they have to wonder which one of them might be a robot but it definitely has clint howard in wow yeah (laughs) yeah all righty so we are watching that movie do you want to know what the other choice you could have made was what was going to be the other one a movie that i have never seen um from uh 2019 and that was three from hell. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I, I think we went with the better choice. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, I had a hard time getting through three from hell. I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah. So I, I think we made the better choice. I think we're going to really enjoy digital man. <laughs> it looks like a movie we're really going to enjoy. <laughs> 
Man, oh man, oh man. Oh god, I just saw the poster for it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my well, god. So Philip J. Roth directed Digital Man. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's like someone said, What do you want the poster to look like? Well, let's take Robocop and let's also take the poster for Predator and have it make a baby. Just to give you an idea of the other millions of things that Philip Roth has created, I can't even begin. So many things he's produced. So 112 pr- producer credits in Philip Roth's back pocket. And I think some of them are asylum movies. <laughs> you know, the thing is interesting is that both of the movies that we chose are from 1995. Right. Director. Ice, oh. ice Cream Man. Ice Cream Man is from 1995 as well. Although this, although Ice Cream Man also has Jan Michael Vincent. I mean, that is amazing. <laughs> Just to let you know, a few of the things that he directed besides this. Oh, God. Um, he directed um, Apex. I don't know if you know what. He directed Boa. Oh, God. Dragon Fighter. Oh, God. Yeah, Interceptor Force and Interceptor Force 2. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. This is this is it. This is this is the jam right here. <laughs> I mean, he wrote Robo Shark. We're going to have fun with this. I just can't get over this poster. This poster is just cracking me up. I mean, this poster screams mid nineties. It I mean. really does. <laughs> oh I my definitely God. have I definitely have rented this from a video store <laughs> based on the cover alone. I oh, think that I, I don't think I'm lying when I say that either. Oh, God. Well, there you have it, folks. The, so that, along with The Ice Cream Man, are going to be the, the two final films that we talk about with Clint Howard. I mean, there's so many films out there. Oh, the obvious choice would have, of course, been, you know, Rock and Roll High School. But we tried to steer away as much from mainstream as we can from right. this show. Um, although I, I will say that is actually one of my personal Clint Howard performances is in Rock and Roll High School. And... We've already on this show discussed my true all-time favorite Clint Howard performance, which was Evil Speak. Oh, uh, sure. By yeah, far. Cooper, his performance as Cooper Smith is, is still deep, deep, deep in my heart. So, well, and and you should watch Rock and Roll High School. Yeah, like that's just a movie you should watch. You shouldn't if, need us to tell you that. If you've never seen Rock and Roll High School, you absolutely must. Uh, for uh, for Mary Warnover as uh, Principal Hogarth. Um, PJ Souls and as as Rip Randall, she's just a, amazing in that role, and you get a fucking Ramones concert in the middle of the film. Right? Where? So I mean, it's so much fun. The film is so much fun. <laughs> Let's see. All right, let's get out of here and watch a couple more Clint Howard movies before we put a <laughs> pen in it. <laughs> One thing I do want to mention before we go, uh, I discovered this. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Farmer, and it's something that you may want to put in your back pocket. Uh-oh. Um, I have discovered that Voodoo, the streaming service, mm-hmm. is selling all nine <laughs> Bad Ben movies for $45 right now. <laughs> there has never been a better value for your dollar. Ever so, in your entire life has there been a better value for that. <laughs> 
Because, I mean, it's been stripped away off of Amazon Prime to be able to watch it for free. And I'm like, well, God damn it. And I, I think he realizes now he's making money off of this. And so I was like, okay, Good. I could find this. And then I saw that every movie he's made in this franchise is now available in a pack for $45 on Vudu. And I'm like, oh, I've got to get this. Good. He should be making money on this. He really should. I, 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 and again, even though this is you know Clint Howard month, we cannot recommend Bad Ben enough. No. <laughs> we cannot recommend that movie enough. It's so much fun. God, I, if I brought any light and joy into this world, it's recommending people watch Bad Ben. <laughs> I mean, the fact that there's a game, a video game online, where he came in and did voiceover work for the game, and, and that there is an actual function in the game where you have to press the swear button, and it's him just going, ass, God damn it, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, just throughout the whole game is just awesome. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining us for another month of Clint Howard. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can watch. Uh, by, by the way, House of the Dead's on Hulu. You yes, right it now it's only available on Hulu. Right now, yes. Uh, other than that, you'll have to. Uh, I don't even think it's available to purchase. I do want to say this. Humble brag. I just bought a house. Just moved in. Congratulations. Just know this. The the first two things I ever watched in my home, my new home, were Ticks and House of the Dead. You son of a bitch. That's what how is, I christened my home. It could have been worse. It could have been Dot and the Kangaroo. It could have been. I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad it was these two movies. I'm glad that I got uh, Clint Howard to uh, to bless my house. It could have been pre-Mutos. God, I don't think it could have. I don't think it would have been. I think my house would have shut it down. I think it would have been like, no, no, we're not doing this. Like, we're pushing it with House of the Dead. <laughs> all right, gang. We'll see you next month. And thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you all later. Bye.